Blog Talk Radio. Blog Talk Radio. This is a story about control. My control. Control of what I say, control of what I do. And this time I'm going to do it my way. I hope you enjoy this as much as I do. Are we ready? I am. Because it's all about control. And I've got lots of it. Radio, all you need to know, radio. We're going to talk about Facebook and the case that is before the Supreme Court. Is what you post on Facebook protected speech? That's what the justices are deciding. But we have actually a very special guest on our show. Stay tuned to find out who that is. Brace yourself, everybody. This is All You Need to Know Radio, and it starts right now. about the case that is in front of the U.S. Supreme Court right now, they are deciding whether what you post on Facebook is protected speech. But we actually have a very special guest in our, actually going to be on the phone with us here in a few minutes. Any guesses as to who it could be, Robin? No, you pulled a sneaky on me. <laughs> I am. I'm just like, you know, I don't know what we're going to do with this. But, guys, if you're just joining us, this is All You Need to Know Radio, and we are heard exclusively on Blog Talk Radio every Wednesday night at 6 p.m. Central Standard Time. And uh, you can follow us on Facebook at All You Need to Know Radio and on Twitter at All Need Radio. And so we have a special guest. We are so excited the amazing, the iconic, Otep Shemaya is joining us live. Are you there, Otep? I am. Hello. Hello. This is for you, honey. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> I appreciate my audience. Thank you. I'd like to thank the Academy. <laughs> All right. Thank you so much for joining us today. We are so excited we were able to get you. I know your schedule's been really crazy. Yeah, well, thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Absolutely. Robin, say hello to Otep. Hello, Otep. 
Hi, Robin. Nice to uh, nice to be on the show. Yeah, it's, it's kind of interesting no because idea. we always play your music on on the show, and I love to hear Robin's expressions whenever we play your music because she is a huge fan. Oh well, I appreciate that. Thank you guys for the support. It means a lot. Thank you. You're welcome. You're now welcome. listen, didn't you just get done doing? I think it was Not Fest. We did. We played it in our in October, right before Halloween. Um, put on by the. The Mighty Slipknot. Uh, it was their festival. We were lucky enough to be invited, and we uh, had an amazing time there. We, we were able to um, embolden ourselves in front of our fans, and you know, and convert many, many other people who had never uh, had seen us live, had never had a chance to see us perform live and do what we do live, which is, I think. Um, a pretty unique spectacle and and you know you can listen to the records but we're we're primarily um our focus is live performance it's about the spiritual intercourse of live performance it's about connecting uh with the audience and uh through uh our art and so um we played in front of just this massive sea of people and it was really something um that I hadn't done in a long time we hadn't done any sort of festivals like that in it in a long time, and it was just really, I don't know, it was it was pretty remarkable, memorable, and I was very grateful to be a part of it. You know, the pictures that I've actually seen on Facebook reminisce of when you were, you know, on OzFest. Remember that? Oh, yeah, just yeah. Just watching yeah, you similar. on OzFest. Well, it was, actually, it was actually on the same festival grounds uh, and th- that really? OzFest used to play on. Mm-hmm. It ex- yeah, That's it was, pretty amazing. So... so did you get that same vibe when you were on stage? It, yeah, I mean it's a very sim- it's the same sort of vibe, but very similar. It was really nice to go back, and it, we played Ozfest three times, and to go and so this would have been our fourth visit to that particular venue, and to go back, it was like I don't know, it was a uh, nostalgic, but at the same time, it felt fresh and new, and uh, because it was a different festival, it was a different audience. Um, a lot of it, the majority of it, was a, a, a new audience. And so it was a lot of uh, it was it was a lot of fun, very exciting. I think we were, I was told by the organizers of the event that we were the talk of the festival. That uh, people weren't expecting us to be able to perform at the level of uh, power that uh, we did. So it was nice. Speaking to be of not expecting it, I think you gave. I heard a rumor that you gave the security guards a, a heart attack because then you did you jump into the audience from the stage. Uh, yes, I did. I put it there, <laughs> and that's kind of what I do. Um, and they didn't really know. Uh, I don't think they were expecting it, so they all rushed to my assistance. But I really didn't need it because, honestly, um, the wonderful, wonderful things about our fans, and we call them the tribe, the OTEP tribe, is that they're so um, – everyone's very supportive of each other. They're, you know, the, it looks from the from maybe an outside perspective that it's a very savage uh, you know, motley group of people, but in fact, they are. They're very emotional. They're very, um, you know, uh, uh, expressive. But at the same time, they're there all for the same reasons. And and so, when I'm standing there, I have no fear. I'm there. I'm with my people. And and it's um, it was a really exciting, exciting show. 
that is so that is so awesome, and it's so great that you know you're comfortable enough to do that. A lot of artists are very standoffish with their fans, and I know you're not. So that's awesome. Mm-hmm. I'm not. Yeah, in fact, you know, because it was ha- it was so close to Halloween, it was the the weekend prior to Halloween. I wanted to give everyone something memorable, so we brought out um, buckets of. Uh, blood and we use these water cannons and at the end of the show we sprayed the entire audience with uh, with, uh blood so <laughs> yeah people were walking around uh the entire fe- for the rest of the day because we were like right in that sweet spot of when you play a festival you don't want to be the, one of the first acts and you unless you're a headliner um you really don't want to be um one of the later acts you want to be in that sweet middle spot because people are still they, you know, if it's in the summer, especially, they, or if it's in California where this one was, people have been out in the sun all day, they're hot, they're tired, maybe they've had a few drinks, a few beers. Um, you want to get them right in that middle spot so that they're not too tired or too exhausted or too hammered. And so we got them, you know, right in that wonderful place where in that in that even tide, I guess. And then uh, to, they had to walk around the rest of the day with, uh, you know, <laughs> Marked in battle, and so people were coming up to <laughs> some of the fans, and they were saying, "Oh my God, are you okay? What happened?" And like, I just, the OTEP show happened. OTEP sprayed me. <laughs> OTEP happened. That's what happened. OTEP happened. I've heard you talk about your tribe. Uh, you use mm-hmm. two words: exclusive and inclusive. Can you explain mm-hmm. that? Sure. Um, we are exclusively inclusive, which means that we everyone is. If you listen to us, if you listen to the music, even if you're just uh, sort of a first-level initiate and you're really only there to hear a girl screamer guts out and hear a double ba- double bass or a double kick and you know some detuned guitars and and some shredding and all that, you're you're a part of our tribe. It doesn't matter where you come from or who you are or what you look like, what what gender or color or sexual orientation or religion or lack of you if you uh if you believe in what we believe if you listen and like what you hear you're part of our tribe awesome and that extends out globally i just got a message from a kid in morocco which is like north africa wow and he can't he can't buy uh our merchandise because in his country only a specific elite. And this is his message. I'm 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 not an expert on North Africa, but according to his message, only the upper classes are allowed credit cards. So he has really no way of reaching us, but he considers himself part of the tribe. And this is a kid who you know, I never in my wildest dreams expected to be able to reach some kid in Morocco, you know. That is uh, so amazing. It is. It it, it really is. And it, and it re- reminds me of how important um, art and music and words matter and how they can reach beyond language barriers and cultural barriers and, you know, in, in different places uh, around the world, um, you know, they have different sets of cultural values where it comes to women or where it comes to being different, uh, being an individual. And so for us to be able to break through that, you know, that veil those drapes of you know um, their you know culturalism and nationalism and and those kinds of identities that are placed on you at birth uh, to be able to reach through all of that and touch people and all around the world is uh, reminds me of how important this job is how important um, 
what I say is and never to take it for granted. It's like a thread that's just weaving its way all the way around in and out of all these places. That's right, yes. Yeah, uh, the Greeks had a myth about this, <clears throat> this, this woman named Ariadne, and that's what she did. She wove a thread that bound humanity together, and, and uh, that's kind of what, how I see our music. Uh, it, it, I see that too. I can see that the way the kids respond to you, and mm-hmm. and the different pictures I see posted, and the places I see tweeted from. I'm kind of like a, a an OTEP lurker, <laughs> and uh, I see all of these things, and it's just amazing to me. And it's amazing how you have actually reached out and touched so many young people um, yeah. that are on the brink of disaster and have pulled them back with, with your music. When I've, I, I am, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm well, very well aware of that, and and that's something that I think uh, maybe separates us from my, our, my peers just a little bit because, I, um, them, it's just about the music for them. It's just about, you know, um, rocking out, and that's great for them. And much respect to you doing that, but to know that um, I'm able to. Uh, reach people that have, ha, are, are experiencing something that I've experienced from my own background, from my own uh, feelings of isolation and loneliness as a child, and and coming from you know um, a, a household that was full of you know violence at times, and and and, and uh, not really understanding my place in the world, to be able to be uh, of firefly in the dark for them that leads them someplace else that will call them all together. Um, you know, that's what I've always kind of hoped art would do and my art would do and never expected it to reach this level, of course. Um, but I'm, I'm grateful it has, certainly. You're, if you're just joining us, you are listening to All You Need to Know Radio. You've made us the number one show around the world, and we are greatly appreciative of that. We have the amazing Otep Shemaya on the, on our show right now. She, We were able to get her through her entire schedule, which has just been crazy busy, just finishing mm-hmm. Fest. Make sure you follow Otep at Facebook at Otep Official. And Otep, what is the Twitter account? Uh, I think it's OTEP official. <laughs> Not I sure. think they're both OTEP think, official. That's right. Yeah. All yeah, right. Yeah. So, uh, what, you, do you, I've heard a little bit of a rumor that you are planning to tour right now or something. Are you getting ready to do that? Uh, we, there are talks of us doing a lot. We're going to be pretty busy next year. Um, there are some rumors. I can't confirm or deny rumors yet of possibly a European tour, um, which is very, very exciting. We haven't been to Europe in since 2002. So, wow. Uh, and that is... Uh, Can they handle you coming on? back? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> they waited yeah, so we, long. It's just, pent up energy. Yeah. I don't know. We might, there might be a, a, a continental uh, shift <laughs> that occurs uh, once that happens. Um, but yes, there are some uh, rumors that we're going to be perhaps heading back in that area. There's also um, rumors of... of uh, uh, another tour that's going to happen in um, uh, later in the year uh, around uh, the United States and perhaps South America. So um looks like 2015 is going to be a really busy year for us. Um, for me, I've been staying very busy writing. We're working on a new EP. Um, we're also, I just finished a new book of short stories that's going to be 
uh, released hopefully before Christmas. Um, and uh, I'm working currently on finishing an audiobook. So there's some really exciting stuff that's happening. Plus, we just launched our own uh, a new merch store, and currently we are label free. Uh, in the past, all of our merchandise and everything has been funneled through record labels, and um, now funneled being the key word there. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> sure. So right, um, and. But now, with us, the way we've been able to set it up, we're completely independent. So everything that's that's purchased goes to, you know, you're supporting a small business. The printers that we work with, um, they're, they're a small business of hard workers. They're artisans. They're laborers. Um, you're the, anybody that buys anything from our store, it goes directly to help them. And they're not a giant corporation. They're a, a group of people who started a business and, we're working with them primarily because of that. They do great work, but also they're entrepreneurs and they're trying to, to make something work for themselves without having to be a part of, you know, some giant conglomerate. And I love that. so, yeah, and, and it's, it feels really good. It feels, I don't know, it feels liberating to be a part of that, you know, to be, you know, helping. To, I, I grew up working class. It feels great to be, I, I'm comfortable in this environment. Um, it feels natural to me. That's right. Mass control machine. So, um, anything that's purchased through our merch store helps a small business. These this mm-hmm. print shop, this small print shop that we're working with, uh, and this great group of artists that we're working with. It also helps the band, and it helps us stay independent and and functioning without having to go back into a situation where we're told what to say, or at least they they try to tell us what to say. Mm-hmm. Um, they ta- they tell us where to tour. They tell us, you know, uh, what we what. They dictate everything from when the album's released, how it's released, who gets it, who doesn't get it. Um, so all of these things help us stay independent, and um, really it, it benefits us, but it also benefits our tribe in that uh, we don't have anybody uh, that's involved that doesn't really understand our fans. And that's been my experience since day one working in um, the music industry, the industry of music, which I'm very grateful for. It's given me a life that I never expected. Um, But my frustration has always been that most of the people, not all, most, uh, have never really understood the people that actually support our music, the people that actually come to our shows. They don't understand our demographic. They don't understand who they are. They think that they're... They think that it's a very specific kind of person. They think it's a specific kind of culture, and I think they don't. They don't. They've never. No one ever really took the time to really understand who our people are. So, by staying independent and working through, you know, with small businesses, we're able to um, key and focus on on our fans and get them what they deserve without having to make any sort of, you know, allowances or having long battles with people who just don't get it, you know, we're not working with those kind of people anymore. That's great. Absolutely. Guys, you need to go out there and visit OTEP's online merch store. Again, it has just opened here in the last couple of months. OTEP saves dot me. That's OTEP saves dot me. You can order worldwide (laughs) and it's a pretty badass website uh, to to do the merch stuff. OTEP. Great job. Yeah. Thank you. I designed it myself. Thank you very much. Um, 
The, oh, don't yeah, you have uh, something going on for Christmas right now? I was just looking at your Facebook page, and I see a sweater or something. Tell everybody about uh, that. Yeah, well, uh, apparently ugly Christmas sweaters are all the rage, so we thought, <laughs> how amazing would it be if we had an OTEP ugly Christmas sweater? And we've been talking about it uh, amongst ourselves for uh, a little while, and then we had a uh, we had a, a, one of the tribe, a very talented artist, she just sent, um, she posted a, a photo of one without even, you know, it must have been cosmic in the universe, without really even asking about it or talking to her about it. She posted it. We love the idea. We asked her if we could use it. She said, uh, you know, she, of course. And, and so, you know, again, here we are trying to do, to encourage and, and build this community. And I think we uh, we have, and it's growing constantly. We've built this community of artists and um, who support each other, and so it's, yeah, it's a, uh, it's a really cool design. It's really, it's pretty awesome. Yeah, a lot of the little details, there's skulls where it looks like there's snowflakes, and um, it's pretty, it's pretty appropriate. We call it the Otepmis sweater. <laughs> it was uh, designed by a, an Atlanta-based artist. Her name is Sarah. She's really amazing. So that's great. That's amazing. Yeah, thank you. Absolutely. So you can order that one-of-a-kind sweater at otepsaves.me. That's otepsaves.me. Otep, any uh, idea when your new book's coming out? I'm hoping uh, within the next two weeks. I'm, I'm waiting for it to get back from uh, um, the editor now. So hopefully within the next two weeks. Can you give us an exclusive and maybe the title or what it's about or anything? Well, it's uh, three separate short stories that are all linked through um, a very kind of existential thread. I don't want to give too much away. Um, and yet all three stories are independent and, and are um, can still be advanced beyond where they are. So I'm hoping to revisit each story in the future. Um, uh, but the, 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 the tentative title of the book is Movies in My Head. And... Um, I'm also doing an audio book like based on, thank you, movies in my head. Because that's kind of how it happens for me. My process pretty much is um, I will see perhaps like the middle of the idea in my brain, and then I have to go backwards to start where's the beginning, and then I go to the end. And uh, so I begin in the middle, and then I <laughs> go to the past, and then I end up in the future. So that's kind of how my process is when I'm writing stories um and then i'm, I'm well, if i can give you any input uh, movies in my head mm -hmm. i love it i it just it mm -hmm. rings and it definitely i I would want to read it and i'm working on an audio book i'm working with um uh this pretty uh i, I don't want to say too much just yet but i'm working with this really great uh voice actor who um has, has he's done so many really great things in the past working with him on uh recording i'm directing he's he's uh, doing the actual voicing of the uh, of the the book, and that should be done hopefully by this week, and that, we'll have that up and released. Oh, that's wonderful! Okay, so you just audio. got off Knotfest. You're writing a new book. You're writing. You're doing an audio book. Yeah. You did a new merch store. You're looking at yeah. touring. When do you sleep? Haha. <laughs> uh, when do I sleep? I, I sleep no normally, just like everybody else. <laughs> sleep normal. <laughs> Yeah, I think I, I don't know. I just uh, I, I don't sleep much. I think I sleep about six hours a night. That's all I can usually manage. 
Um, but, you know, I love what I do, and I'm, I'm passionate about it, and I'm also my worst critic, so I'm, I'm usually in the editing process constantly, um, and so uh, I, I want it to be right. I think, you know, from a, a personal point of view, um, I, want, I want to do the best I can for the people that actually to support us and spend their hard-earned money on whatever we create. I want it to be, you know, perfect for them. So I spend a lot of time trying to make sure that um, it's it's done well. And I'm not one of those artists whose ego leads the way. And it's like, oh, whatever I put pen to paper is immaculate and divine. I'm I'm, I'm not that person. I'll I'll never be that person because I haven't been that way since we started since I started doing this in 2002. So um, it's very very important for me to do it right and to do it well. And um, and to and to it keep advancing and learning. I'm sorry, what was that, Robin? Did I read a tweet that you were doing something with deaf poetry again? I am, yes. Oh, uh, yeah, thanks for bringing that up. You know, um, I was on HBO uh, Deaf Poetry, uh, which is created by Russell Simmons, um, twice. They only aired one episode of it. I did one year. I They ran out of room for me, so but they really liked my performance, so they asked me to come back. And that's the one that's on, uh, the one that aired, and that's the one that's on YouTube now. And then um, recently I made friends with um, uh, one of Russell Simmons' top executives, and she's a vegan and she's an animal rights activist. Um, She's amazing. Her name's Simone. And she, I mean, she goes to the cove in Japan to stop the dolphin slaughter. Oh, yeah. She's she's really a a hero. I mean, she's one of my personal heroes. And... um, they were they were moving the um, their their all deaf digital, which is their their YouTube page, which is Russell's YouTube page. They're trying to bring the poetry movement back, and so Simone and uh, all deaf digital asked me if I would if I would start contributing to that. So, and of course I said yes immediately because deaf poetry basically changed my life uh, profoundly in just the way that I saw myself, how I saw the world. And um, uh, it was one of those moments that I will remember forever. And I, it's, uh, I, you know, I started out as a writer, and then I got into music, and we got signed after four shows without a demo. Um, and but I always and continue to consider myself a writer for singer second. So being able to go out and perform poetry uh, on deaf poetry, which was like the Super Bowl of poetry performances, spoken word performances, um, was something pretty remarkable. And now I'm being brought back into that fold to help, uh, promote poetry and spoken word and to, you know, to help, you know, inspire people to, to embrace poetry and to embrace their own poetic nature is really, really exciting. So I'm going to start doing original content for them and it'll be distributed through, um, the all deaf, uh, I'm sorry, the deaf poetry YouTube channel. So if you guys want to go subscribe to that, that would be amazing. And we'll start doing original content like once or twice a month. I'll be giving them new poetry performances, uh, and we're going to film them in different locations uh, oh, around the wow. uh, awesome. United States. Yeah. I heard you on an interview. You know, when we found out that you were going to be here, uh, you're, you were going to be able to call in today with your busy schedule, <laughs> Tep. 
actually perfect that we were able to get you on the phone today because with all the rioting and protesting and everything going on in Ferguson and New York and around the world, I sure we all would sure love to to hear your view about what happened in Ferguson and you know what your position is on the chokehold and things like that. Yeah. Well, hold on one second. I don't know who I'm listening to first. Robin, what were you saying? Oh, I was just following up on um, the death poetry thing about how I'd heard an interview you'd given or I read somewhere that um, you'd said that when you first got there, I guess my mind was still into the death poetry performance mm-hmm. uh, at the moment, um, you didn't feel as comfortable maybe because they didn't know who you were. All the other poets didn't know who you were mm-hmm. other than a singer. And here you were coming onto their turf kind of – kind of paraphrasing what I remember, but sure. then after your performance, they, like, welcomed you with open arms, and you, I believe you said it was, like, a, a, a wonderful thing to happen, a, a wonderful moment for you. It was different. You know, you go into, you, you know, I, we do poetry between songs, and my musicians usually are doing soundscapes and, right. and you know, making noise, and it's in, a, it's in a, a raw, sort of savage environment of rock music, uh, and here I'm, I'm doing a spoken word performance that'll set up the next song, and then we'll, so it's this quiet you know, really delicate piece that explodes into the next song. To go into deaf poetry, it's like being in church. It's quiet, and everyone's looking at you, and there's boom cameras, and every, you know, there's these crane cameras that are all over you, and and you can hear the focus, the lens focusing, and it's a, it's a little, it was a little intimidating, and yeah, when I first came out, and I, I, I uh, started into the the more rhythmic verse. You have seven more seconds to decide for your life before Matumba comes a blade and your brain gets sliced. There was like a couple of dudes sitting like three rows away from me and they started giggling. And I thought, okay, they they don't know who I am. They don't they didn't expect me, this rock chick, to come out and like spit you know, verse like that. But then midway through I get to the part where it's really intense and I'm punching myself in the stomach and then there was this audible gasp in the audience, and I had it. I just had them. And after the show was over, prior to that, when we were all backstage in the green room, the poets were really cold to me. They didn't know me because they all had a circuit that they did. They were kind of like like stand-up comics have a circuit. The poets had a circuit. I wasn't a part of that. And so they were all, you know, and everybody's a little nervous before their performance anyway, but everyone was really distant. They, They kept me at arm's length. But after it was over, I walked back. And most deaf took my hand, and I'm a huge. He was the host. He's also a rapper and uh, uh, an activist, actor, and, yeah. um, actor, human rights activist. He came and he shook my hand, and he was like, "That was so real." And then I walked backstage, and the poets were all applauding. Yeah, so he said was, you could see him saying something in your ears. He, he, he kind of grabbed you. You looked like you were like you like that phrase you use in one of your songs, "Otherworld Woman." You looked like you were somewhere else that you transcended and he kind of grabbed a hold of you and said something to you. I think I, 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 there was just such a magic in that moment. I didn't want to, I didn't want the spell to be broken. And plus I wanted to get off stage as quick as possible <laughs> so I could exhale. You know? <laughs> um, but it was, it was, and that's why this is so important to me to be back in the fold with all deaf digital and, and to be helping promote, you know, their, uh, they're so passionate about poetry and that's so rare in this day and age, especially with someone who has uh, you know, with uh, Russell Simmons, who has an empire that's just so vast, for him to be able to pick something that I think is so important, like poetry, uh, I'm I'm really pleased to be a part of that. Uh, now, going back to your question about Ferguson, yes, mm-hmm. let's talk about that. Um, 
I got a lot of heat on my Facebook page because I thought that this particular officer in the Ferguson case should have been taken to court. He shot and murdered an unarmed kid. The kid was a big kid. Maybe he was a bully. Maybe he was a jackass. Maybe he should have you know, gotten in trouble for what he was doing, but he was shot he, uh, six times unarmed. And then you had another case in New York where police choke, choked a guy out, and he died, um, and he also unarmed. Um, people didn't really understand, I think, first, why I was so um, against this kind of police brutality, against this kind of overreaction. I have family in law enforcement. They all agreed with me. Their police officers are trained to keep calm in the heat of, of these kind of violent actions. Uh, they have non-lethal measures that they can use. They should use instead of going to their gun. I mean, in Ferguson, the guy could have ran over him with his car. Um, but also, to me, the officer's story did not check out. This kid was supposed to have been over six feet tall, 290 pounds, and you're telling me that he reached through the window across the chest. So this officer, I believe, is right-handed, so his gun would have been on his right side across the chest of the officer, past the steering wheel, down into the car, reached for the gun, which then would have been um, upside down because he's pulling it out upside down. With, so that would have been difficult. So if he was going to use it, he would have had to have pulled it up and put his pinky into the trigger, pull the trigger. I mean, it just it's insane for him to, to think that that's even possible, but... The other issue is that I've been a victim of uh, police violence. Uh, I was on OzFest years and years ago. I was a featured performer. I had all my credentials. They thought I was someone else, and they tackled me from behind. I had no idea they were law enforcement. I had no clue. They didn't once say, this is the police. They didn't say we're sheriff's department. They didn't say we're law enforcement. All they said was, and I'm face down in the dirt, in the gravel, um, I can't breathe. I got somebody on top of me fa- pushing my face into the rock. I have somebody else um, uh, pulling my shirt over my head so, you know, my sports bra is exposed. Um, they're kneeing me in the back. They're hitting me with batons. And I hear things like, get this bitch, grab her legs, hold her down. Meanwhile, they're trying to pull my arms. They're pulling my hair. I'm grabbing their wrists to keep. Meanwhile, I have no idea who this is. I just know I was tackled and pushed to the floor. Now, if they use the logic, if they use the defense now, that they use in Ferguson where, well, he was going for my gun, even though he was unarmed, even though he was 8 to 10 feet, maybe 100 yards, we don't even know how far away he was, just the fact that he'd gone for the gun. I was reaching. I was reaching for something. I had no idea who these people were. I just didn't want them to hurt me anymore. So I was reaching for something. They could have said, one of those guys could have said, she's reaching for my gun, and they could have shot me, and they could have killed me, and they could have murdered me. Now, I never I, – and, and it would have been, if they would have used the Ferguson defense, they would have been right. They could have done that legally. And I, as someone who has been a victim of this um, type of violence, this unwarranted police violence, can never see that side where they had the legitimate right to do that to me. They still cuffed me. They still put me in the back of a car. They took me off someplace, and then they let me go. 
let me go because they had no, I wasn't the person they were looking for. And there was nothing ever done about it. They got away with it. And so when, I, when I'm told that, you know, this is just what thing, you know, people who fight back, people who resist unarmed deserve to be, if, if they do that, then they deserve to be killed. I, I can't see that point of view in any shape or form because I've been a victim of that. I didn't know who these people were. I didn't know what was going on. I had four men on top of me. And yet using that Ferguson defense, they could have done that and they could have got away with it. Um, the man should have gone to trial. This officer should have gone to trial and we could have seen the evidence that was and – if, and, and, and if it was true, what he said was true, then – he would have been found not guilty, but not to even allow him to go to trial, not to even yeah, hear witnesses. Yeah, that's the least they could have done, was at least yeah. have a trial. He should have mm-hmm. at least been indicted, brought to trial, and evidence shown so that yeah. it would all be settled. I, and I also, don't, you know, I never supported the looters. I didn't support the rioters. I supported the protesters. No. There's a difference. There's a difference. A lot of people, they confuse that. Riot, protest. I walked in the, in the Trayvon Martin protest. And it didn't get tense. It didn't get heated until the police showed up, and they were ready for a riot, almost goading the people into a riot. And it ended peacefully. Everybody walked away. But there is just – I think people react poorly sometimes to what they fear the most. Mm -hmm. So um, unfortunately, the the people that did that, the people that looted, the people that rioted, they took away from the – what was what really happened? So now that that's really every, everything everyone's talking about, and so now yeah, it takes away from the people. message. If if they would have just okay. protested peacefully, then they, there's something to remember that vibe. And now they remember there were people, but there were people there. There were people there protesting peacefully. That the cameras weren't aimed at them though. There was like a whole group of people who were marching through darkened neighborhoods peacefully, and the cameras weren't aimed on them. The cameras were aimed on like the 20 to 50 people that were acting crazy and doing stuff. But still, you know, you're giving the opposition now by, by setting things on fire and acting ridiculous, you're giving the opposition to say, you know what, people like Michael Brown, people like Otep Shemaya, they deserve it because they're rebellious, because they fight back, because they stand well, like, up. It themselves. keeps the fear going. It makes them think, you mm-hmm. see, see what kind of people live in this neighborhood. That's right. And people and, react poorly to what they fear the most. Right. That's so true. So, mm-hmm. But the I can't well, breathe. Situation. The I can't breathe gets me. That broke my <laughs> Eleven heart. times this guy said this, and you can hear him very visibly on the video. And well, I don't understand this. the no indictment you in can, that. I, I know that I thought I was I, – I actually went outside and I checked the sky for pigs flying because I actually ended up – Glenn Beck and I actually agreed on something because Glenn Beck actually agreed that this, the cop in the I Can't Breathe case should have been indicted. <laughs> I never in the, my wildest dreams ever thought that I'd ever agree with anything that Glenn Beck ever said. But when you have someone on the extreme conservative far right side like Glenn Beck saying, yeah, maybe something's wrong, then perhaps there's something wrong. You know? Exactly. Um, I, I am, I, like I said, I've got family in law enforcement. I understand the need for it. I think it's it, we need it, and yet if something goes wrong that I can't handle, of course I'm going to call the police because that's what their that's their job. That's the necessity right. of having it. But that's why they go through so much training. That's why they're paid the way they're paid. That's the reason why they're given so many options to you know to be able to handle these really intense situations. And of course, 
they are. They're intense and they are dangerous. But um, it's very important, I think, that these that uh, the police departments are, uh, you know, they screen their applicants strongly. That they take care of the people first, and not the not the the officers first. They have to make sure that if there's someone that's that's employed and is a danger to other officers as well as the public, then that person should not be on the force. And I think that's very very important um, because I know, like I said, family and law enforcement. They've worked with officers that have put them in danger and or have, have, you know, caused trouble so that it ripples through the entire police department. And so very, very difficult all the way around. I'm, I'm not anti-cop in any way. I'm anti-bad cop. I'm anti-injustice. I don't, you know, that's, that's where we stand on this. Um, and so uh, hopefully with all the media attention that we're getting on this, we'll, we'll see some headway and we'll see some, some changes for the good because – we want police officers to be safe. We also want the public to be safe as well. Yes, what would the, you like to man. see happen because of these tragedies, Ochep? What do you think would, in some way, it's not going to, just we we learn a lesson learned from these two tragic deaths. Well, um, just like I said, I think they should they should screen their applicants better, and then when uh, uh, when they do find people that have that have that are dangerous to society or dangerous to other officers, those people should be taken off the street immediately. What do you think about cameras on police officers? Do you think that'd do any good? Of course. I think it'd be, it's, great for the, it's great for them. It's great for the public. I think they'll be able to prove their cases if there's someone, they've got a bad guy, and, you know, it's on camera now. It's just like, you know, watching cops on TV. The guy dumped exactly. something out of his dump something out of his window, well, you can't say it wasn't yours because we just got that on camera. So, uh, But it also it might make a police officer who's got a temper think twice because, oh, yeah, um, I got a camera on me. Let me cool out, you know. And, it, you know, may, it, I, think it's a, I think it's definitely a step in the right direction. I, I think agree. that citizens would act differently, and I think police officers would definitely act, act differently if they knew they were on camera all the time. Yeah, I think it would definitely be a good. Yeah, good. Yep. I'm sorry, were you saying something else before? No, I was agreeing, just agreeing with you. I'm ah, uh, totally it. agree. Yeah, sometimes it's, I'm getting a little crosstalk, so I, I don't. Right. I'm not sure who'd answer. <laughs> it's okay. Yeah, okay. Robin's calling us from her house uh, today because she was um, not feeling very well. So, but she definitely wanted to be a part of the show. So I apologize for that, Ochep. It does get the overlap a little bit. Sorry about that. No, that's all right. Hey, real quick, in country music, you've always been an open artist, but in country music this week, Ty Herndon, which he has number one hits and Billboard hits, what do you think about a country star coming out of the closet this week? I, I, I think it's wonderful. I think it's uh, – and uh, congratulations to him for being so brave to finally feel comfortable enough to be himself and to – and, you know – Congrats to the country and western scene. I'm not a huge I'm, I'm not a huge fan of that music. I don't hate it. I just don't know it. Um, but I know that it's a difficult. It's it's very much like my genre. It's very difficult um, to be um, an individual, to be unique, to be different. And so, um, but it's changing, and I'm glad to see that he's been accepted. And it's nice to see him stand out as a role model for. Um, you know, other performers perhaps who are worried about, you know, 
making enemies, losing record sales, and you know, I, it, it's getting to a point where hopefully uh, we're progressing to where it really just it doesn't matter. It's about the song, it's about the music, it's about the performance. Exactly. That's all that should matter. You know, you were talking. We were talking about your your tribe real quick. Getting back to, um, we give away one of your books. Uh, normally, it's the book "None Shall Sleep," and oh, just the passion of, of of your of your fans of your tribe is just it's amazing because the stories that they pour their heart out about how they wouldn't mm-hmm. even be alive without you today. Uh, I just want to say thank you. Well, I appreciate that very much, and I'm I'm so happy. I always. I'm told these stories quite a bit sometimes, and I, I, I try to remind everyone that, you know, I'm very grateful that they found whatever it is that they needed to stand on, whatever gave them the foundation they needed to stand on, so that they're not to stop the sinking, to stop that, to release that anchor from dragging them down any further. Um, but the strength is always inside them. Music is just a catalyst. My music, anybody's music, is just a catalyst that, that allows them to to float, to hover, to soar, to break free from those terrible bonds of depression and isolation. So, um, but I'm very grateful, and you know, again, it reminds me why I'm doing this and why it's so important. You know, uh, at least for me, uh, to do it the way that I do it. Well, we are so grateful to you for coming on today. I know your schedule has Thanks just been me. crazy busy. And Robin, did you have any more questions for OTEP? No, I think that was just wonderful that you got to call in. What a surprise for me! I didn't, I had no idea. Well, thanks, Robin. I'm uh, really uh, appreciative of of your uh, many years of lurking, and uh, you know, say hi sometime. And uh, thanks, guys, for I, I see you guys uh, support the uh, our music, and thanks for supporting the books. Those are all very important to me. Thanks for all the help and and support and promotion that you've given us over the years. It really means a lot. So thanks for having me, and thanks to all your listeners. You guys can find me on Twitter and Instagram and Facebook. I'm all over the place, so say hi. That's right. OTEP, thank you so much for joining us. And, guys, make sure to be looking for a new OTEP tour. It might be out of the country, but go there. It's worth it. A new OTEP book's coming out. A new audio book's coming out. Follow OTEP on Facebook and on Twitter and on Instagram. Thank you so much for joining us, OTEP. Thanks, guys. I appreciate it. Have a nice time and happy holidays. Thank you. You too. All right. Happy holidays to you also. Hey, real quick, what is OTEP doing for the holidays? Oh, we lost her. I think we All lost right, her. we're going to take a quick break, and as we go to break, this is one of Ote- one of Robin's songs that she just uh, referenced, and it's called "Smash the Control Machine." You are listening to All You Need to Know Radio. We just had an exclusive interview with the amazing Otep. I'm so excited about how much time she spent with us. Could you believe I that, can't Robin? Believe it. I know that was. I- I didn't know really quite what to ask her. <laughs> you know, it's like I was in awe. You did so great. Let's talk about that when we come back. This is Smash the Control Machine by OTEP. You're listening to All You Need to Know Radio. We'll be right back.
what are you going to do with it? I'm going to give it something socially responsible to do. Can't we just let it go? This thing needs to learn how to adapt, Murph. Again, with mask up. Like the rest of us. a treasure. It's been telling us to leave for a while now. Your daughter's generation will be the last to survive on Earth. You're the best pilot we ever had. Get out there and save the world. Everybody ready to say goodbye to our solar system? To our galaxy. Here we go. down fast, don't we? Actually, we want to get there in one piece. Hang on. All right, everybody, that is Movie Interstellar with Matthew McConaughey, and that is the number one movie at the box office right now. You're listening to All You Need to Know Radio. Robin, how amazing was OTEP? I mean, just amazing, wasn't she? Technical difficulties, here we go. Robin, are you with us? Robin, yes, are you with here. us? Okay. Yes. Live show, guys. <laughs> Did you lose me? <laughs> Hitting the wrong no. button. How amazing was OTEP spending that much time with us? That was awesome, and what a great surprise for me. You did not tell me that she was coming <laughs> on. I guess you thought it would freak me out, and I wouldn't call in. <laughs> I know, but she's done so many interviews with us, you know, like over the years before right. you came on to be the co-host. Well, yeah, but Yeah, yeah. I'm not used to her spending this much time with us. It's usually, I mean, wonderful. she was very passionate about what she was talking about, as she always is. But yeah. I'm I really just very thankful and grateful that she did that. So thank you so much, Otep. That was amazing. Were you surprised on her uh, her thoughts on Ferguson? Uh, no. No, I felt like she would, I mean, I I follow her on different things. And so I pretty much knew what she would be saying. Um, that the Ferguson one, I just wish it had gone to trial because there were so many unanswered questions they could have settled that people may never let go. It it wasn't uh, they could have made it more clear because there's still that little doubt. Like you know, did he push the officer past his point? Was was the officer not trained enough? You know, and why didn't he do like she said and just you know if he didn't have a taser because. Um, or whatever those things are called, those electrical things that they punch out at people. If you, you know, not every yeah, police officer has those, and uh, you know they're not like assigned equipment to every single officer in America. So if he didn't have that, he could have banged him with his police car or hit him with a baton. Everybody's got a baton. He could have maybe done something besides going. I mean, the the kid was several feet away. See, we just don't know. I mean, I I, I guess I have to pull everything out and then. There's different reports on all different channels and websites. Don't watch exactly. Fox News because they'll lie about it. Yeah, <laughs> phone news. Yeah. So, but the, the thing, the thing is, Garner. is that if it, if it would have went to trial, 
at least they would have been able to be judged by, uh, you know, their peers, their, you know, people in their community. But the other thing that I found really strange, the more I researched this, is that I don't understand why they did not assign a special prosecutor. This prosecutor was very close with the police department. I personally think any time that something involving a police officer happens, it should not be done by the regular people that just handle regular things. I think a right. special prosecutor should have been assigned, and I think that would have took a little bit of animosity you know, from the crowd, but I don't think it would have satisfied them. But I don't understand why they didn't do a special prosecutor. And we probably will never know. I guess they were protecting their own. And all it did was is put more doubt into civilians and across America's minds. You know, Absolutely. And, it, and didn't the officer resign, didn't he? Oh, yeah. Didn't but you know why he resigned? resigned? He resigned because all the officers in uh, – there was there was something going around either on social media or it was going around town that they were going to start – the protesters or the people that were breaking the law and looting, they were going to start – physically targeting these uh, police officers themselves, and they were setting things up, so they were being, their lives were being threatened, so he decided so to now resign. now he resigned, and I guess he moved, maybe? <laughs> well, he probably did move, but he, he resigned, and he also gets uh, no pension. He gets nothing. He gets no money from the city, which is oh. good, I think. Okay. So... <laughs> Than no, it's a very it's a, it's it's the whole thing is just very very sad because right. like we were talking with OTEP and when, when when these people when I was really proud in New York City when everything started because they went for two or three hours with very peaceful protesting and but then when you see on camera you see people start throwing things at police officers what are they supposed to do? Um, I mean, it, I have no idea. I guess. I mean, if you're if you're a law enforcement officer and you you start people are starting to throw things at you, you know they they made over they ended up making over two hundred arrests. People were like sat down in the middle of Times Square. Yeah. So our hearts go out to Michael Brown and I believe Eric is, was it Eric Garner? What was is uh -huh. that is that Eric was that Eric's last name Garner? Uh huh. Is that what? Okay. Yeah, our hearts go out to them for sure. But, um, you know, just guys out there, if you're going to protest, protest peacefully. Because if you riot and you loot or you loot, all you do is destroy small businesses like OTEP was talking about. And small businesses right. are struggling already. Right. <laughs> and in their own neighborhoods, out. you know. Well, and also, you know, what I was – very happy to hear, even in the moment of losing their son, both families came out and said, please protest peacefully. Yeah. You know, that's what they were requesting as his family. Well, they didn't want their family members to have died in vain or to die in crimeful ways following. You know, they didn't want them remembered as that kid or that man that got killed and then all these other people got arrested and killed and you know, they didn't want any more violence. They wanted it to be protested, but peacefully. You know, and you can do that. You can protest peacefully, like Otep said, that they did there in L.A. for the Trayvon Martin uh, protest. But I think that I didn't get to say this part to her. I didn't want to interrupt her. But um, I think when she said the police came, they were ready, I think they 
they probably felt like something bad was going to happen. So from what I have friends in law enforcement, they've said, you know, the adrenaline gets running. They don't know what to expect, so their adrenaline is high. And they've really got to be trained, as OTEP said, to control that as best as possible. But when you're feeling like you're walking into something, you don't know what it is, your adrenaline is going to rush a little bit. But apparently the crowds there in L.A. did disperse peacefully and nothing happened um, on the protest she was referring to. But that's how you would want every protest to go. And I think there are criminal-minded uh, people out there that take advantage of situations, and they become the looters and the people that break into people's stores. They're taking advantage of the situation for their own benefit. And, you know, they weren't breaking into white officers' businesses. They were breaking into their own neighborhoods' businesses where I'm sure there were white and black store owners, but uh, predominantly there were, you know, they showed on the news they were black store owners, and they were sitting out in front of their stores crying. They'd lost everything. So... Yeah, it's pretty sad too because you know all the when they destroy small businesses in their own neighborhood. How do they think that affects the police? The police chief, <laughs> he's still home well, in his bed safe. I don't <laughs> it's think not, they, it's not I don't affecting think him when they do that, that kind of destructive. Stuff. All right, so we here. had the. This is all you need to know. Radio. I'm your host, John, with the amazing Robin. And this has been an amazing show. Let's move on real quick to our song pick of the week. I wonder how Otep thinks about this band. Hmm. <laughs> she probably doesn't like them. But uh, let's say, uh, I'll see if you can guess who it is, Robin. It is uh, several guys, I think it's five guys. Simon Cow owns them. That's all I'm going to tell you. Who is it? One Direction. That's right, and it's called Night Changes. Here it is. Tonight changes into something red Her mother doesn't like that kind of dress Everything she never had, she's showing up Driving too fast, moon is breaking to her hair She's setting something that she won't forget Having no regrets is all that she really wants Direction and it is night changes. All right. So, what do you think of that, Robin? It's pretty. It's not my kind of music. It's pretty, but yep. it's pretty. It's easy going. I could go to the dentist and have them playing that when I'm in the dentist chair. Um, All I right. I want to make a comment so, about our show. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. I wanted, I wanted to make a quick comment. Uh, you said at the first of our show we were going to comment about people posting on Facebook hateful things. Yeah, we're we're going to go ahead and we just pretty much did a commercial-free show because of the OTEP joining us, and we'll I talk know. about Facebook what? next week. Is that okay with you? That sounds great to me. Let's do that. Now let's do the Hollywood <laughs> report. Here it okay. goes. Okay, that's wonderful. Nine, eight, seven, 
You know, there's nothing like Jennifer Lopez introducing the Hollywood rear. I know. <laughs> okay, sad, sad news continues as America's dad is now known as a, mol- a, a, a molester. He raped women. And, you know, we're talking about Bill Cosby. Robin and I talk about this. And it saddens both of us, but it's looking more and more like these these allegations could be true, Robin. I know. I'm so sad about it. You know, I mean, I think there's like 26 women now that have come forward. I didn't know there was 26. Wow. I mean, and and what was interesting is real. That that you know, this is what you have to think about, okay? Because. All these women, the statute of limitations has run out, and they cannot criminally prosecute him. They cannot file charges in court against him for, as a civil case because the statute of limitations are done. So why come out now? Some of these women are in their 70s. So why are they coming out now? What, I mean, why? do you – I don't know. That's what I'm asking. If you, I just can't, I can't think of this? a reason. <laughs> I, I can't What'd think. They just, they just want to jump on the bandwagon, or I mean, what's what's the? What I mean, why would you want to be seventy? Them? Let's talk through this. Why would you want to be seventy years old and admit you were molested? Well, and you can't it, do anything about it. I mean, is, true, it, is it is it a way you work through it? Maybe. If it's true, then it's helping them release it. Pop. Possibly, I've I've never been in that position, so I can't speak for them. But if it is true, and they get no monetary gain from it, then it must be a way to vindicate their souls somehow that they they didn't do anything wrong, that they were the victim, and it's making them feel better, avenged or something. I mean, if he did those things, then. People need to come out and say he did those things. It's just a sad thing, you know, and we're brainwashed into loving these people and movies and TV shows, and we want to believe they who they are the character they portray, and it's who they become to us. So it's hard for us to believe he could be that evil person that these women are saying he is. But if it's true, then they do need to come forward. I mean, he should not be treated any differently than anybody else if he did these things. Just because he well, and him. you know, the thing is, the thing that got me is that there was his silence is what is killing me about this, because I understand that you don't want to respond. Celebrities don't respond to most allegations. Now, in today's society, with Twitter and social media and everything, there's almost no celebrity that would let something like this go. I mean, even if. There's, he's just, his silence is just making me think he's guilty. But there's an interview that was being done, and I forgot who it was with. It was something – I think it was NPR maybe. Uh, or, or No, that's on the radio. But it was a television uh, interview, and his wife is sitting right next to him. And the interviewer starts asking him a question and saying, well, you know, I, I'd be admissed if I don't ask you about these allegations of rape. And then Bill Cosby stops him and says, no, 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 we don't talk about that. I mean, and just that type of response, and 
it, it, it just the way, and then he threatened the guy if he liked his credibility. For me, I just think there's some truth to it. Also, there have been people that worked for the Cosby Show that there's one guy that says he's got money orders that he used to send women that so they wouldn't go to the media years ago. So it's just sad. And the thing is, is they can't prove what the money orders are for. He could say he was trying to help them out. He was being exactly. Uh, that uh, how do you say her name? Simone Raven. Yes. Raven Simone. Raven Simone. Right. Raven Simone. Um, she swears he was wonderful to her. That he was, you know, a perfect father type image. Well, the image that we all are are hoping for, you know. Right. Right. I mean, so wouldn't you I feel better we'll if he just him. came out and said something? Or would it not matter? I, I don't know. <laughs> and I can't imagine how his wife feels and his family. Well, you know, I, I Rosie know. O'Donnell, which she's one that never sides. <laughs> she's one that is always controversial. Her and Whoopi Goldberg got into uh, a huge, I mean, you could tell on this. Uh, you could tell on the View and just watching it on TV. I can't even imagine being in the room, but you could tell the tension that the, that went between them two because Rosie O'Donnell brought up the Bill Cosby case, and Whoopi didn't want to talk about it. And she said, "I know him. I don't want to talk about it." And she got very aggressive to Rosie, and Rosie stayed very calm. But then today it was brought up again. And, you know, Rosie O'Donnell said, so how many women have to come forward before you're going to believe this? You know, she said very calmly, today 26 women I think is the number. I think it's going to hit 100. So if it hits 100, are you going to believe it then? And Whoopi's response is that I have known people that this has happened to, and then once the media paints you with a brush like this, that's how you are for the rest of your life, and it never goes away. And, you know, I just – I don't understand why Whoopi – I love Whoopi, but I think she's wrong in this instance. I guess we'll find out. And I'm sure that if she knows him very well, she doesn't want to believe it, and she knows a side of him that we don't know as, as an audience. And maybe maybe she knows things we don't know. Maybe she's hoping she knows things. And, you know, when you're a good friend, you try to stay loyal. If someone told you something about one of your, you know, close friends, you would not want to believe it until it was just no other road for you to go down. If you're a good, loyal friend, you don't want to believe something bad about someone you care about until you just can't go any other way with it. I mean, there's been husbands and wives that have found out things about their husband or wife, that they were a serial killer or something or, you know... (laughs) And they didn't want to believe it. So it's, it's we can be fooled, or I just can't imagine why, like you said, why are these people doing it if it's not true? If they have no money to gain from it. Why would they jump in on it just for five minutes of fame to have their name in the paper? Well, and you know, as I sit here and think about this, I, we say no money, but maybe someone's going to write a book and they'd be paying millions of dollars for a book because people would buy it. I mean, think well, about that. They have class settlement actions, all of, what is it called, class act settlements? Class action uh-huh, lawsuits, yeah. Settlements, yeah, yeah, they have those all the time. Maybe they're locking it to this, and, and maybe they're looking for 
as many women as they can find that will say something that um and maybe they are promising them something we don't know so i don't know i just hopefully one day we'll find out it's just like a lot of people that were fans of michael jackson they did not want to believe the things that were said about him and there's still that question mark that we'll never know yeah, and, but the difference between Michael Jackson and Bill Cosby is Michael Jackson was actually charged, and he was actually found not guilty. Mm-hmm. As far as I know, there's been no charges filed against Bill Cosby. Not yet, but like you said, aren't they out of And the they can't. Or? It's too late. The statute of limitations, even criminally, is gone. It's too late. Moving on to another case, a very, very sad, sad case. Let me see if you've heard who this is. Salazar. You know, they made a movie about Selena that mm-hmm. uh, Jennifer Lopez was actually the I first remember. female actress to be paid $1 million to play wow. the role. And, of course, that actually set Jennifer Lopez uh, on oh, yeah. the road to superstardom. Yep. Um, but the woman who played Yolanda Salazar could not get work for years after she played that because she looked so much like her. She did, didn't she? And the way she portrayed I mean, She really did. It was really... She did a good job, but it made everyone hate her. <laughs> it did. I I did. I was like, oh, it was just... The movie yeah. was great, guys. So uh, I don't think there's any chance of um, Yolanda Salazar getting out. You need to die in prison. You, you took a very um, iconic soul from this earth way too soon. I was supposed... To, I was actually supposed to meet her the day the day after she got killed. I was I was so torn up about it. That's something wow. I've really never told a lot of people. But yeah. um it, it was just I I've, I've actually met several celebrities. Well, you know, we've met Otep and stuff mm-hmm. like that. You haven't actually got to physically meet her yet, but no. we'll set that up. I'll set that up as another surprise to you. Oh, don't tell me. <laughs> <laughs> I won't tell you when it's going to happen. Okay. But uh, just let's let's close it out with some really important important news. It's not about okay. Kim Kardashian's ass either. Okay, thank you, thank you so much. I knew I knew that you would like that because you don't like talking about that. 
Justin Bieber. <laughs> okay. Are you ready? He's a blonde okay. now. I saw that. What do you think? I think he looks like Ellen. Um. Well, I don't know. He's a cute guy. I think he looks good with any hair color. I just hope he gets his act together as far as being an adult now. But, you know, he's just, I mean, my gosh, some of these things these kids are doing. I saw something someone posted about Miley Cyrus. So there's some crazy stuff going on out there. You mean the pasty, all she had on was pasty? <laughs> you saw that photo? I was going to yes. spare you that. <laughs> yeah, thank you. I brought it on myself. You know, it's, I didn't bring it's, it's, it up. You did. I did. It's just the things that these this newer generation are doing that are just uh, pushing the boundaries and the edge of the envelope there. That's right. And, guys, with that, we are out of time. This has been a very special and extended edition of All You Need to Know Radio. And we want to once again just thank so much Otep Shemaya for joining us. Uh, was completely taken off guard when we got a phone call from her people because that's just not how it works, but it's how it works in the industry sometimes. Make sure that you watch for OTEP to go on tour. Follow her on Facebook. Follow her on Twitter. Also, go to her online merch store and support her, guys. It is otepsaves.me. Robin, when we hang up, you need to go and you need to look at that website and tell me what you think about it. Okay, I will. All right, so this was All You Need to Know Radio, guys. Make sure you take care of each other, New York and everyone around the world. If you need to protest, please protest peacefully. That's the way you want it remembered. And for that, I'm John, your host, with the amazing... Robin. Good night. night. You could be